Hello and welcome back. This is the Mindfulness with Art podcast. My name's Art and let's talk about some mindfulness. Um, I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you very much for joining me and I'm really excited to share some more information with you. Um, Today I want to review something, uh, another something from my first story that I told here in the very first podcast episode uh, a little bit more than a week ago. Now, um, so it has to do with with the um, sort of practice of mindfulness. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so when I first learned about mindfulness, right, I don't know if you remember, but the story goes that I was in a really, really emotionally, you know, tough place. And I was, uh, it was recommended to me by someone who I trusted very much and who I, you know, who was really trying to help me through this, you know, like on a spiritual level, you know, um, she recommended to me that I read a, uh, an author named John Kabat-Zinn, okay? I've come to understand now that John Kabat-Zinn is basically responsible for creating, um, for bringing mindfulness to the, the Western world in, in a clinical sort of uh, environment, right? So out of the sort of Buddhist spiritual realm and into the realm of, you know, Harvard-educated doctors, you know, and so, and he's done a great deal, and I, and I, I constantly express gratitude towards him because, um, because I don't know, without him, I don't know if I would have, or millions of other people would be getting into mindfulness on the same way, which now, I mean, you go into a grocery store, and, and you see a magazine called Mindfulness in, in just about every checkout line, so, uh, so that's all really uh, thanks to John Kabat-Zinn, and so let's take a moment and, and express gratitude for him, and and, uh, and I'm, I'm just feeling great about him. But anyway, um, so, so I went and looked up John Kabat-Zinn and, uh, and I found one of the titles of his books was called Mindfulness for Beginners. So to me, that was a no-brainer. That's where I'm going to start, right? <laughs> and, um, and so I picked up the book and, um, and I read it. And it's, it's not a long book. It took me a few days to read it or whatever. And, um, and it blew my mind. I mean, it's truly the, the uh, information that was in there for me, it moved me so much that it was, it was seriously kind of like an epiphany. It was like, I was like, this stuff just changed everything for me, you know? Um, so it, it talked about, you know, being present with your breath and being present in every moment that you're alive in a way. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, and it also goes into lots of other different, uh, you know, sort of aspects of, of life and how, how they are influenced or, or sort of, you know, um, how mindfulness can sort of affect them. And it, it's just amazing. And, and, and literally, I was so moved by this that I was like, I am a changed man just reading this one book, you know. And I know somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, it can't be just this simple as reading this book. But I thought, maybe I'm just a natural. Maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I was just ready for it somehow because it, it just, I feel like I got it. I feel like I, I don't need anything more from this. I, you know, this is good for me and I've got it. And, uh, and I remember telling other people what I'd learned and, and I was feeling like an expert, you know, I was like telling people about the same things that, you know, he taught in the book and kind of like, you know, telling them in this, in the, in the way that I was like teaching them, you know, and, and, and that's an interesting thing is that right from the beginning, that was the inspiration that I had was that, wow, more people need to do this. More people need to know about this. And I am the one who can tell them about it. And, uh, and it's funny because that hasn't changed, you know, 
it's now what I do for a living. Um, so anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, I would tell people about it and I would, you know, just kind of, you know, just, just believing in myself that it had changed my life on such a fundamental way that I was like, I was like, wow, I got this. I'm good. Goodbye. I, I, this is all I needed. And now I'm good, you know? So, um, you know, and even now looking back, like, I don't think that that was necessarily wrong, right? Like, like, obviously it was maybe a little short-sighted and, and maybe I, I misunderstood maybe some of the, you know, dynamics of this thing, but I don't feel that I was wrong. Okay. Because, um, you know, the, the, there's something about, you know, learning new information, you know, and, and, you know, the same way that we're brought up in school and stuff, right? Like we're not brought up to, to practice history in school. We're, we're taught to learn it, you know, once we read about it in books and do a couple of exercises to sort of cement that information, you know, it's like, you're good. You kind of keep going. So, so in a way it was like that too. So, so, I mean, I'm definitely not discounting all of that, you know, but, but, um, you know, before long, it was, uh, things changed, you know, so, um, you know, but, but anyway, that, that knowledge definitely continues to be very, very valuable to me. And, uh, and, you know, as I talked about in episode one of this podcast, you know, the, this whole revelation of knowledge was, was just so exciting and it, it created this momentum in me that, that I really felt was unstoppable, you know, and, and it, and it just seemed like, like I was never gonna go back to the way I used to be now that I knew this stuff, right? And it felt amazing. Like, I mean, I felt like I was like reborn. I felt like a million bucks (laughs) and change. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I was seeing the way I was reacting to things differently after knowing this information, you know, I was applying the knowledge to my everyday life and and I felt like I had some kind of like, it kind of felt like I had a key to life that I never had before, right? Like I, I, I all of a sudden had like sort of a, you know, like a, you know, just a code to, to like unlock the, the way to live that I had no idea was even possible, you know? Um, you know, I, I was, it was truly amazing and, and people around me totally picked up on it. Right. It was like, it was truly like I was a changed man. And, uh, and again, like people in my family, people who I worked with, you know, just, just everywhere in my life, you know, people were picking up on the fact that, that something was different about me and everybody liked it, (laughs) you know, especially me. Um, so as I said in the story the other day, though, you know, over the course of about six months or so, you know, I, I, I kind of somehow slipped back into the old ways, right? And and it was, you know, it was something that kind of happened, you know, so gradually and so sort of in such a subtle way that, you know, I didn't see it happening. You know, I, I never noticed it. And, you know, and it's not like I forgot what I had read, you know, not at all. You know, it's like, you know, that's not what it was. It was just somehow, I don't know if it's the excitement wore off or if, or if somehow, you know, I I honestly, looking back on it, I still don't even know what it was that happened, but, but whatever it was, I definitely slipped back into the old ways, 
right? And, uh, and you know, and, and again, it was so subtle and so, you know, gradual that it wasn't like I could say like, oh, this happened, you know, here's the day where it happened. It wasn't like that. It was just sort of this gradual, you know, momentum in another direction, you know, and um, what there was a moment of reckoning <laughs> that I'm going to share with you um, that uh, it came one day while my wife and I were out with the kids, right? We were riding our bikes and on the way to a park and, you know, we were all having a, you know, it was, it should have been one of those days where the whole family's together and like the sort of things that memories are made of. But, but on this particular day, we were, we were in a very, um, sort of tense and, uh, and sort of, you know, bickering kind of state of mind, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, and this happens with kids sometimes, right? Like you get, you know, kids are in a certain mood and, you know, you can be in a certain mood and it kind of like, you know, tension can rise, you know? So it wasn't even like we, it wasn't even like I saw that, that that was the problem, you know, it was just like just one of those days, you know, but, um, but the tension rose and it rose and it rose and it rose and it got inside of me and, and then inside of my wife so much that we were really just bickering with each other and just like, you know, jabbing and, and just, you know, just like not having a good time, you know, and then of course the kids pick up on this bickering. And what do they do? They start bickering with each other, right? And then it's like everybody's sort of like just giving these really short, snappy answers. And of course, I snapped at the kids and I probably snapped at my wife a couple of times, you know, and and I got back into this like angry dad guy that, you know, that I felt, you know, and of course I was probably ruining the whole day, you know, I mean, I'll admit to that, you know, and that certainly wouldn't have been the first time. I mean, that was like, you know, in historically, that was what I would always do. And that was one of the reasons why mindfulness was so important for me to, to grasp because, you know, I had this history of being like, you know, angry and reactive and, and, you know, and, and it would affect people around me in a very negative way, you know? And so, so now here I am getting back into that. Right. And, you know, and (laughs) there was this one moment, right. Where my, my wife, you know, in the middle of all this, like snapping at each other and all this BS that we're doing, you know, she turned to me and she looked me right in the eyes And she said, and this I will never forget, (laughs) she said to me, she said, you are not the person you had become, and it sucks, okay? Those words, just, they they pierced me like somebody drove a steel spike into my brain. Like, it was, that's how strongly this came through and got into me. And it was like, I mean, honestly, it felt like, you know, like somebody had dumped a bucket of ice cold water over my head. It just like, it shocked me. And I was like, whoa, damn, you know, now, now at the time, you know, I, I'm not going to say like, I all of a sudden was like, wow, you're right, honey, let me change right here, right now. No, no, probably not. I mean, I don't really remember anything after that statement. I guess that's sort of like, you know, when you get a head injury, you can't really remember anything right after it, you know, but, um, but uh, I'm sure that I did something, you know, maybe said something defensive and, and probably, you know, tried to, you know, somehow make myself sound better and, and, you know, and really, you know, probably was a jerk, you know, honestly, um, you know, that's the state of mind I was in. So I have every reason to believe that that's what was happening, you know. Um, But, you know, again, it was like, 
it was it was like a, a such a, a a powerful moment for me, you know. So so I'm sure later on in that night while I'm lying on the pillow and you know sort of like reflecting and whatever, you know, um, you know that's when you know the thoughts came through and and that's when I realized, you know, when I had nobody else to convince around me, I realized that she was absolutely a hundred percent correct, you know. Um, you know, I had become something other than what I was striving to be. And, and in so, in so much, I was becoming something that was really not desirable, which is the whole thing that I was trying to change in the first place, you know? So, so at that point, you know, once I, once I admitted to that, and once I, you know, sort of grasped that, I, I went back to the drawing board, you know, I was like, okay, you know, what can I do here? The, the, the only thing that I can think to do is just to start over at the beginning where it, you know, where everything started to change in a positive way. So, so I went back to that book, uh, Mindfulness for Beginners, John Kabat-Zinn, and I, and I read it over. And this time I read it in like a day and a half, you know, and, uh, and I think I might have even read it twice, actually. Um, and then I was like on a mission, you know, so then I, I, I was looking for any mindfulness books I could find. And, and, you know, I read books by, by Buddhist monks, and I read books by, by Western psychologists and scientists and teachers and, and just, you know, everywhere I could find it, I just grabbed it. And then, and then I also went into the internet, right? Right. And I, I would like, you know, watch videos and TED Talks and interviews and, and just, you know, just soaking up as much as I possibly could. You know, I checked out some podcasts. I just, you know, literally anything that was around, I grabbed and I and I, you know, and I just absorbed it. You know, I I sought out friends who were meditators and I I bought them lunch so I could just pick their brains. And, you know, and just like like just tr- I was on a mission to just just absorb anything I could about mindfulness, you know? Um, and then one day in the midst of all this, this just, just flurry of, of information and, and, and revelation of knowledge, you know, I, I was watching videos on YouTube and I came across one, um, that was a presentation that was being given by, uh, a man, a wonderful, beautiful man named Chade Meng Tan. All right, Chade Meng Tan. He's the um, he's a former engineer at Google, and he is the man responsible for uh, starting and and to this day uh, teaching and running the mindfulness program at Google, which is just beautifully named "Search Inside Yourself." Okay, his whole principle and and his goal. You got to learn this; is it's amazing. But his goal is to create the conditions for world peace within his lifetime. And he believes that doing that through mindfulness is a, is a, a path towards that. And, and the way that he does that is he kind of goes after mindfulness um, in order to reach a level of emotional intelligence. And, and he sells this to, to people who are in business because emotional intelligence will increase profits. And so, so he's so wise and so brilliant in that way because, because that gets people to listen. You know, nobody wants to listen, you know, about being calm and being present and, and all that, you know, in the business world. But if you say something about making profits, you're going to get a lot of people to listen. And, and, and the man is just, I, I, I 
can't, you know, as much as I am grateful for, for, for John Kabat-Zinn, I am equally as grateful for, for Mang Tan. And I, and I, I strongly encourage you to look him up because he's, he's brilliant. He's funny. He's, he's just, he's just a wonderful man. So I fell in love with him as I was, you know, watching this video. And, um, and so he said something in this video, which was just like, I mean, it was like every, you know, piece of knowledge that I was looking for just condensed into two little sentences. Now, these sentences are so simple, yet immensely profound, okay? And, and here they are. He, he literally said, he said that mindfulness cannot be taught. It can only be practiced. Boom! That was mind blowing for me. I mean, like blew my mind right off the hinges. Like, like it just, it, it cascaded on me. Like I, I, you know, it's just like this revelation that I just never, I don't know. I mean, again, it was just in this flurry and, and this just storm of, of knowledge that I was trying to absorb. And this was the, the most brilliant thing that I could have ever heard at that moment. And, and to this day, it's, it's just, it, it's been proven over and over again. It's the thing that I tell all of my clients about, you know, and it's the, and it's the thing that is really the essence of what we're talking about with mindfulness. Okay. Um, you know, basically if you don't practice it, you're going to lose it. And that's what happened to me after the first six months in this journey. And that's what hasn't happened since because now I do practice it, okay? It's kind of like, you know, when I was, I was making my notes for this podcast today, and it's almost like practicing an instrument, right? So anybody out there who knows, you know, whoever learned how to play guitar and then, and then got too busy at work and, and can't play the guitar every day and, and stuff like that now, similar to me, um, is, you know, we'll understand what I mean that, you know, like, like you always remember the chords, right? You'll always remember how to make the chords and, and, and the strumming patterns and stuff like that, you know, and, and if you go to somebody's house and they have a guitar in the, in the living room, you know, you could pick it up and you could kind of fumble through it enough to, to sort of like be kind of okay, you know, but, but you're not a guitar player, right? (laughs) You know, a guitar player is someone who plays every single day. You know, in fact, the professional guitar players, the people that you hear on the radio and the people who you see in concert and stuff, those people are practicing not just every day, but they're practicing for 10 or 12 hours every single day you know, and that's why they're so good. It's not just because somebody's like naturally good at a guitar playing. They, they practice, they practice every single day. So, so in that sense, you know, mindfulness is, is similar to that. Now, now I want to go back to something else that I talked about that, um, you know, mindfulness and meditation are not the same thing. Okay. They are complementary of one another, but they are not the same. Okay. And, and that's a really important point because, you know, because I'm not talking about just practicing meditation every day, right. Or, or just practicing meditation in general. You know, a lot of people will call themselves, uh, you know, meditators and practice meditation. You know, they, they sit for, you know, a couple of days a week, or they go to yoga once a week, or they go to a meditation center, you know, once a week and they figure like, oh yeah, I practice meditation and, and that's great, but they're not living mindfully. Okay. Because mindfulness, you know, its very definition is, you know, one of the many definitions that I've heard of it, um, is a a moment to moment awareness. Right. And, and so, um, 
so basically, you know, what that means is that it's way beyond anything on the meditation mat. It, it has to do with, with being present with everything you do all the time, right? And if you can do that, then you're, you're living in a mindful way. And then you're going, to, you're going to realize the benefits of mindfulness, which is, you know, not just calm, uh, you know, not just being able to calm your mind on demand, you know, not just increased, um, you know, patience, not just, um, you know, sort of acceptance of the reality, um, you know, these kind of things, you know, but, but at, as Meng Tan will say, you know, emotional intelligence comes out of this. Right. And that's, you know, I mean, and I'm going to go into this on another episode very deeply because it's a a fascinating subject. But there's uh, there's science out there that tells us that that emotional intelligence is actually a a better barometer and a gauge of how, quote unquote, smart we are than an IQ is. And by by living in mindfulness, by practicing it all time, like like, you know, daily practicing, basically, you know, every you know, you get to a point where it's every minute of every day you're practicing it. That's when you become more emotionally intelligent and therefore smarter. (laughs) You know, now I think I said this the other day, but who who among us doesn't want to be smarter? Right. (laughs) Um, So. So anyway, so so the thing is that that you you know, I I know I make it sound like, oh, my gosh, I got to practice for for my whole life. And it's kind of not really like that. So let me explain. So basically, if you can keep yourself practicing this for every day for a period of time, it then becomes sort of your default mode. Okay. And that period of time has been uh, shown by, by several scientists and psychologists to be about six months. Okay. Um, you know, Meng Tan teaches his, his, uh, his program at Google. And he says that after 40 hours, you are now seeing the, the benefits, you know, 40 hours of work, right? So, um, you know, me personally, I run a program with my clients for six months because I feel that at that point, these things become like a mental habit that is just, you know, again, just sort of becomes automatic and and at the point where you don't have to, you know, practice it all the time, you know? So, so I guess, you know, yeah, if I was, if I was coming in eight hours a day for a week, you know, I don't know, maybe that is enough. I've, you know, I'd have to ask Meng Tan about what he means by that. But, um, but everybody has sort of a different, you know, point at which they feel it becomes permanent. But the idea is that until it gets to that point, the practice is what's most important. Okay. It's not just knowing about it. It's not just knowing that like, okay, you know, um, you know, presence, breathing, you know, acceptance, you know, all this stuff like check, 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 check. Yeah, I got it. Let's go. You know, it's really about, you know, taking it with you in every moment of every day until it becomes something that is a permanent, you know, way of, of your being. Now, there's a, another great, great uh, person who I follow and have studied with. His name is uh, Dr. Dan Siegel. He's written a, a couple of just wonderful books, um, not specifically just about mindfulness, but also, you know, he just approaches it from more of a, you know, again, a clinical way. And uh, and he's just, he's brilliant. I really strongly recommend you um looking him up and he talks about, you know, when you, and he's not the only one either, but a lot of other people have used this term, but, um, when you, when you practice this 
right? Like, so, so when you're in meditation or when you're in a mindful state, right? You, that's what it is. It's a state, right? Like you're, you're feeling calm, you're feeling present, you're feeling, um, you know, sort of at peace with yourself. And that is a state, okay? A state of mind, a state of being, a state of some sort, right? But there does come a time where you, you practice enough and you make this enough of a permanent thing that it goes from a state to a trait of your personality, and that's where the magic happens. And that's where I strive to bring my clients to um, and, and try to tell people who I'm talking to all the time that like, you know, this is the point where you want to be because this is where it becomes a, a foundational change in you that is, you know, like, like really like the most powerful part of it. Right. So, um, so I hope that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so anyway, I just want to share these thoughts with y'all. I, I really appreciate you listening and, um, I'm having such a great time doing these podcasts. Um, if you, if you want any more information on this, I, I try to throw my email address into all these podcasts so you can get in touch with me. It's, um, art burns smiles, A R T B U R N S S M I L E S at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty soon I, I have a website called your life, Recla- Re- sorry, your life and I'll try to throw some, uh, some, uh, links into the, uh, descriptions here and stuff like that. But for now, I'm just really having fun doing this and I'm, I'm really appreciative that you're listening and, um, and I can't wait to do another one tomorrow. Um, so until then, um, I, I wish you well and thank you very much.